Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul Jenkins. We're promoting pathological positivity today at Live on Purpose Radio. That's kind of our new thing here. It's not actually new, but a new twist on some neat things. I've got my guests in here with me today, and they're both smiling because they know that this is going to be a lot of fun. (laughs) I want you to welcome today Blue Robinson. Hello. Thank you for having me back. Hello, Blue. And the lovely Marissa Robinson. Hello. No I relation, think... right? Uh, just a little. Distant, huh? Well, they're sort of married. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got Blue and Marissa with me here today. Blue's been on Live on Purpose Radio before, isn't that right? That's right, yeah. A couple years ago, I believe. And you agreed to come back. Yep. How could I, how could I turn it down? Thank you yeah. for that. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for this. Some things have happened since we talked last. Absolutely. It's gotten, uh, gotten quite an interesting life going on since then. So, share. And I can introduce that a little bit. You came and, and talked to me. It wasn't too long after that last interview. Mm-hmm. And you told me about this idea that you had. And it was starting to take hold mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, last week, last Saturday... I got involved in a 5K race. In fact, technically, I guess I kind of helped sponsor the race. Yeah. We're mm-hmm. taking care of that here today, too. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> um, this, this 5K was put on by your program. It's called Addict to Athlete. Yes. And uh, I did pretty well. Yeah, I saw you. You you looked like a, a spunky Not kid. Not too bad for an old guy. You're, Absolutely. You're fast. Right? <laughs> so... Uh, we had a lot of fun at the 5K. There were probably, I'm guessing, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there were probably between three and 400 yep. runners there. Exactly. We Is that right? Wow. And that's a significant event. We were pretty impressed with the first, turnout. First year. So what is Addict to Athlete? How did this get started? Talk a little bit about that. And Blue, you're you're the founder, but Marissa, you're the brains behind the whole operation. That Some is of absolutely it, yes. true. <laughs> absolutely, going to acknowledge that right up front. You're, and Marissa, you're also a recreation therapist, yes. a recreational therapist. And Blue, you have credentials in substance abuse counseling. Yep. So uh, these guys are legitimate people. And there's a program that they're running that really makes a difference for people. Now, I'm going to back off and just let you talk about that a little bit. Tell us, what is Addict to Athlete? How did it get started? What are you doing? Perfect. Well, yeah, uh, all culminating up to our our 5K last last week. Um, If we wind about about a year and a half ago now, um, I was a new therapist getting hired on with Utah County Division of Substance Abuse. And Mm -hmm. one of the qualifications that the clients need to adhere to is making sure that they attend a community sponsored meeting every, every other day or so. So it turns out to be three community service or community meetings uh, a week. 
Mm-hmm. Now, this is traditionally the twelve-step programs. It's the Alcohol Anonymous or you know Narcotics Anonymous. Those yeah. kind of what things. What we would traditionally associate with, yeah, addiction. Absolutely. Yeah. Fundamentally great programs. Uh, I'm a firm believer that if you work those steps the way that they were designed, you will you will achieve sobriety. Um, the problem that I found was is that um, there wasn't a lot of action involved with it. They'd get to a certain step, and typically it's the step four, which is kind of starting to take amends and making amends and start getting some some real emotional stuff drudged up. And that's typically where they stopped, you mm. know, because it was too emotionally charged for them. And so um, I get these clients that would come in and they wouldn't find much value in it because they'd get stuck. Some clients rolled right through them, other ones got real stuck. And so one day, uh, I took a client out on a lunchtime run with me. I said, hey, I'm going to go jog. And he said, well, can I go with you? Well, sure, I guess, if you want to. You'll be seeing the mm. public with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So he did. He brought his running shoes uh, the next day, and we went running. And he opened up like never before. Told me things that we probably would have never have got to inside the office. Like while you're out running. Yeah, while we're out running. Mm-hmm. You know, it was safe. It was, there, was, there was freedom out there. And I got this idea that maybe we should do this on a bigger scale. Mm-hmm. And so a week later, um, one of my uh, athletes, his name is Tyson, and he, he decided that he was going to do a group. Uh, we have all the clients teach a group once in a while. He uh, taught on exercise and depression. And I thought, it's, it's, it's perfect. This is a guy that could help me you know, start this thing too. I can have an advocate that's a client, and I could help you know, put some of the, the know-how behind it. Mm-hmm. So I approached him. I said, hey, I got this crazy idea. I want to take a few of you guys as a test group to see if I can get you up to speed to run a 5K. Mm-hmm. And I said, we got a 5K coming up in about a month. It's called the Chase the Mayor Run. So I said, who would you think we could approach to do this? So we picked four other runners that were in the group, and I approached them separately, and they all agreed to do it. And so we started on the couch to 5K, you know. And what they didn't realize is that they weren't just training to do a 5K. I was actually doing counseling with them without them even knowing it. We'd talk about stressors and stuff before we'd go out. And they, as they were you know, building up stress, talking about these issues, they'd go out and run. And afterwards, I'd process with them, and it was gone you know, or dramatically, dramatically decreased. And so what we did is we decided to line them up on this 5k run and, uh, they lined up, the gun went off. They gave the mayor a two minute head start, and, uh, they all chased him down. All but one athlete caught him. But the most amazing thing that happened was, was as they passed him, they'd all got these shirts, kind of last minute thing that said addict to athlete on it, which is kind of a bold move. Because traditionally, mm-hmm. you know, an addiction is supposed to be traditionally anonymous. We don't want to talk about it. It's scary. It's not right. good. That's, that's one of the A's in mm-hmm. AA. Absolutely. Alcoholics yeah. Anonymous. And I get why they did that in the past. Because, you know, back then when, when Bob and Bill put that program together, a handshake was as good as a signature on a contract. And so if, if, if you know, you were a business type guy and you were, had an addiction and it was figured out, you weren't getting business anymore. So they wanted to keep it on right. the down low. Right. What I found is that these guys have the most amazing, powerful stories um, that once they are able to start talking about it and talking about it openly and frequently, it doesn't mm-hmm. hold them hostage anymore. And so... You as, know what? Yeah. Just an acknowledgement of that, Blue, because the last time you were here at Live On Purpose Radio, we were talking about your story. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah, my story. Absolutely. Excuse me. No problem. <coughs> I should have my cough button. Andrew, help me out here. <laughs> um, excuse me. We were talking about your story and, and some of your history with some similar things. Mm-hmm. It's a powerful story, but not if it's 
never shared. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you've got to get it out. So they're running past the mayor, and one of our athletes was quick enough to be one of the first guys that passed him. And uh, as he was running past him, he talked to him briefly, but then the mayor noticed his T-shirt and said, tell me about that. You know, what does that mean? So he started telling him about his addiction. and started telling him about how you know, he had a pretty heavy heroin addiction and mm. started talking about what he's doing differently now. And the mayor was just... Who's talking to the mayor about mayor, it? Mayor, yeah, the mm-hmm. mayor of Provo City. And he said, the mayor was kind of impressed, like, wow, that's, that's not you know, typically a normal thing for a, a quote-unquote addict to do. Mm-hmm. So he moved on. The next athlete came up, and the same kind of conversation had. And this, this mayor was just profoundly like, astonished. He's like, I cannot believe that this is what these guys are doing. And so the most powerful thing was when they finished, they had complete strangers cheering for them for doing something that obviously the cheers weren't doing, which was running. Mm-hmm. And they got this feeling of accomplishment and instant gratification right. on a healthy way instead of a negative way. And it took off from there. You know, my supervisors allowed me to, to put in some time to do this. They gave me the go ahead to do it, which reluctantly, I'm sure at first they were wondering if they were going to kill over some of these guys, because when you think addict, <laughs> you don't think quite healthy. Um, yeah. That's why we start them off slow, and we also teach balance during it because you can turn a recreation, like a hobby, like running or, or exercise into an addiction as well. So we teach them balance, so they have a whole holistic kind of approach to this. I know we're missing part of the story because we haven't heard from Marissa yet. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. You've got a perspective on this too, and you're coming from a background of recreational therapy. Mm-hmm. You know that wholesome, healthy recreation and physical activity makes a difference yeah. in how I, people function. What have, you, what have you observed as this has all unfolded? Well, just in my um, career, you, can, you know that people fall into bad behaviors, whether it's addiction or anything else, mm-hmm. when they're bored. It's free time. That's where it usually starts. People don't usually light up their first joint in the middle of math class or when they're at work. It's right. when they're bored. And then it soon expands and just spreads into every part of their life and becomes their life. Mm-hmm. But it starts in that free time and when they're bored and they have nothing else to do. And that's what this program is trying to do is to address that leisure time, that free time. How do you fill it with positive, good activities, family-oriented things, exercise, whatever, just keeping yourself involved and active and doing things to stay out of trouble is where it just begins. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's mm-hmm. where, you know, if anyone even is into a life of sobriety and recovery, if they're going to have hiccups and fall back, it's in that free time again. It's right. where all of a sudden something sneaks in, or they get bored. Or it's unstructured or it's lacking in purpose. Yeah, purpose, Absolutely. structure, you know, and mm. all of a sudden they have slip-ups again. And so right. that's what we try to specifically address mm-hmm. is filling that time with positive activities and, you know, things to do. So in a few short months, this thing has taken on a life of its own. It has. But you're sitting here today, Blue, in a, in a racing jersey yep. <laughs> that says addict to athlete on it. Mm-hmm. I saw tons of those last Saturday, or T-shirts. Yeah. Uh, this has taken hold, and there's a lot of people whose lives are being touched and changed by this program. Yeah, a lot. kind of... Well, humbling, isn't it? it? It is. And and again, I'm going to get back to that. You know, if you were labeled as an addict or have an addiction, there's the common public view is to ostracize you and to not speak of you. One thing we do at Addict to Athlete is I don't really like or, or really condone for that matter them calling themselves addicts. 
You know, well, you've referred to them several times today as your athletes. athletes. Absolutely. Because yeah. although they do have an addiction, and it's very much a part of them, it is not who they are. And, and yeah. one thing I noticed about some of the, the meetings that, um, again, this is you know, tongue-in-cheek here, I don't like to call themselves addicts because if you think about that, and that's kind of what you label yourself as, that's what mm-hmm. you will be. But there's so much more to these people. Their fathers, their brothers, their sisters, their aunts, their scholars, you know, they're, they're artists, they're athletes, and yeah, they're addicts. But it's a part of them, it's not who they are. And the, the whole concept of this group is to reevaluate the, uh, that, that term and to definition. restructure the definition mm-hmm. to the public's eye that these guys are some powerful people that have the, the stories and the you know, capability to inspire thousands just by acting and just by doing something, you know, to not be ashamed or afraid of it. There's not one person that walks on the face of this earth that doesn't have a family member, if not themselves, that struggles from addiction. Every mm-hmm. family some has form. at least one person in it, some form of a, whether it be substance abuse, pornography, gambling, exercise, food, everyone shopping has that food. shopping. Yeah. yeah. And so the thing is, is it's, it's so looked down upon. And one of my clients the other day talked about how it's looked at as almost leprosy. You know, everyone mm-hmm. wants to stay away from that, you know, mm-hmm. when in actuality, you know, it's caused from some kind of pain. I'm a firm believer that addiction stems from something that hurt. And if we can help them find out what hurts and correct it, you mm-hmm. know, and, 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 you know, forgive and, and maybe solve and move forward. What better way than to get them out there to erase the addiction and replace it with something of greater value? Something productive. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that on Saturday as I was running this 5K the the mayor of this was Highland Utah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A, a small town near here who has been touched by this town has been touched by addiction I wouldn't define it as an addict town no any no, more no. than I would any town mm-hmm. but they've been touched by it and at first they were a little hesitant weren't they they were the mayor the city council to to allow these addicts to come in and do a race oh, what yeah. happened well it was funny. <clears throat> Traditionally, all you need to do to do a, any kind of community race is to go and get a race permit. You know, you pay the money, you get the permit. They don't really even care what you're doing as long as you clean up after yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, the goal here, again, is to have these clients run this program, not me. I'm way too busy with other stuff. So they get to do everything that, that makes this program function. I had them go speak to the city council. And three of these guys who have been arrested and in jail in the past walked before the city council and promoted this and asked for their permission to do so, just to let them know who we are. Bring awareness. Bring awareness. Mm -hmm. And the mayor was shocked. He said, we've been looking for something like this. This will be perfect. Mm -hmm. And they were apprehensive and they were, you know, a little bit unsure about us until they saw us show up for service projects. We cleaned a park. We helped weed the park, beautify mm-hmm. it, you know, tear down old shrubs and, and, and clean it along with the city council and, and the, the citizens of Highland. And they got mm-hmm. to work with us side by side. And by the time we set up that starting line for our 5K last week, it was a beautiful venue. Was it not? You were yes. And, and that's, that's part of what I wanted to point out there, too, because this is not just people who are coming together to try to overcome a problem. They're making the world a better place, and that makes their life better. Absolutely. This is a a stark contrast to some of the experiences that some of your athletes have had Mm -hmm. because they they may have been 
incarcerated before. Yeah. They may have, have been in, in rehab or some kind of a treatment facility, right. or maybe never anything like that, but just privately battling this thing that they're not Absolutely. proud of. Yeah. And mm-hmm. here they are out beautifying the community and creating a better place for everybody else to be. Well, and that's the beauty in step 12, the service orientation. And that's what they did. When you serve someone else, you don't worry about yourself as much. That's right. There's another aspect of this we haven't even got to yet, but we will right after this break. Fantastic. joining me for the Live On Purpose radio podcast. It is truly an honor to be a part of your prosperity team. Please visit the website, drpaul.org, where you will be able to sign up for Empower, a quick, inspiring message that will be sent right to your inbox several times a month. Click on the blog link to share your comments and be part of the discussion. You can also pick up powerful information products and stay in touch with upcoming events all to assist you in creating and living a life that you love. Share Live On Purpose Radio with someone in your life today, and thanks for listening. This is Kirk Weasler to tell you about morebetterbooks.com. Morebetterbooks.com is where you can find more better books for a more better life. Not only that, let me tell you about some of the very fun and cool select titles on morebetterbooks.com. You'll want to get a copy of The Dog Poop Initiative. This best-smelling book could change your life forever. It certainly changed the lives of thousands of Boeing employees, as well as school teachers, parents, leaders across the United States and in Israel and in Germany. And you can get your own copy at morebetterbooks.com. Whoa, that's not all. What about The Cookie Thief? This classic tale told in a rhyming format, fully illustrated with very fun hit messages. Pick up a copy now today on morebetterbooks.com. Other great titles there, Finding Your Pathway to Mastery, Beyond Illusions, Make It Great. These titles are only available on morebetterbooks.com. Go to morebetterbooks.com today and begin to have a more better life and live that life on purpose. The first responsibility of a leader is to define reality. The last is to say thank you. In between, the leader is a servant. Max Dupree kept the mics rolling <laughs> I, I think this all the time when we come back from a break i'm thinking wow we should have been recording all that but yeah. we'll see what we can get back to because yeah there's the other aspect i was talking about mm-hmm. this is a phenomenal program and just from a, a perspective of a clinical psychologist you guys are onto something i think thank so. you for that <laughs> i think so and and there's some lives that are being changed i watched people on Saturday, doing things that they probably never would have dreamed of doing yeah. a year ago, two years ago, whenever they were trapped 
Mm-hmm. And, and here they are creating some new possibilities, and that's really cool. But I don't want to talk about that part for a minute. Okay, yeah. hold on that. <laughs> Let's go back to the part where you had an idea. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can we just start with that? Because there's been a creation that's happened. You were commenting during the break, Blue, about this jersey that you're wearing. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting. You know, the, the thoughts become things. You know, you, it's, it's very real. And, mm-hmm. you know, leading up to this, ra- this race and stuff that we had, uh, we decided that, you know, the, the clients and the athletes, they really want to be known out there and be set apart. Then why don't we, you know, make a little a couple t-shirts mm-hmm. and so we gathered some of our, our talented neighbors and and they put their heads together and and lo and behold we come up with this amazing logo you know and to mm-hmm. see that logo when you don't really expect it on someone that you don't know out there in the real world is mm-hmm. amazing yeah you know and i think and to, and to behold as i was standing there looking over the, the racers and seeing them wear our racing shirt even and the message that it portrays the message it carries that they believe in it that to me was, it blew me away. I could not, I could not understand yeah. how we got to this point so fast. In only mm-hmm. a year's time, we've, you know, we have 250 athletes. We have, you know, people that have addictions, people that don't have addictions. We have siblings of people. Children. Children, you we know. two groups running, one up in Salt Lake mm-hmm. County and one in Utah County every week. And well, you've got people in other states expressing an interest. This is taking yeah. on a life of its own. Absolutely. This is not a unique idea. Um, there's another group called uh, Addict with a number two athlete in Pueblo, Colorado. And uh, I spoke with the, uh, the founder of that, um, that program. And it's a good program. It's amazing. And, and so it's not a very unique program. I think the only thing that sets us a little bit different is that I'm not running this program. They are. Mm-hmm. They're gaining the tools. They're having ideas. We had one you know, athlete that, that thought we should do parades to promote our group. I thought, that's kind of weird. Why would we do that? You know, It's kind mm-hmm. of embarrassing walking down, throwing candy at people. <laughs> we did four of them, three of them this last year, yeah. and it was amazing. The turnout was amazing. And the athlete idea. built most of the centerpiece for the parade himself and all the athletes. They mm-hmm. got a whole mm-hmm. sign, everything together, and they coordinated it. They did it all. They, they created it. And I think so that's the goal where their is to have their comes. ideas, you know, and their dreams like come through this and they've done some amazing stuff with it. So back up a step again here, cause we're still looking at this amazing mm-hmm. program, the amazing opportunities, the amazing stories that are coming up that started with an idea, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ideas, thoughts, dreams, where do those come from? And why do you have them? Yeah. And there might be some people out there saying, oh, I wish I would have had that idea. No, this was Blue's idea <laughs> for a lot of reasons. You know, given your history, given your resources, you were perfectly designed to have and follow through on this idea. And, dear listener, you have your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And please don't minimize those. Absolutely not. This was just a simple idea that has turned into something really amazing. About 10 Mm -hmm. years ago, he, Blue, started with substance abuse counseling and started the philosophy in his own because he saw it, I think, from his own life of erase and replace. Mm -hmm. That's where it started, of erase the addiction. You erase it and you try to change it. You have to replace Mm -hmm. it with something else or it will come back. Mm -hmm. You have to fill the void. And then I think, you know, we were married at the time and he got a lot of in the side 
of his head in the ear uh-huh. of what recreation is and how it plays a big key in recreation therapy. And it just started um, coming together. And then, so it's slowly been building in his head for 10 yeah. years. And finally, you know, about a year and a half ago, it just, it felt right. Things were happening that it just seemed like this was the perfect time to make this idea come to life. When these ideas occur, and sometimes they'll fly right out out of the clear blue sky. Mm-hmm. But you're right, Marissa. I believe also that there's a building process, and there's things in your history that uniquely steer you in some particular direction. And then, boom, here this idea occurs mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. You have a choice now. Once that idea occurs, what am I going to do with this? And there's all kinds of anxiety that kicks in. Did you notice that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Talk about that for a minute. Well, there, there's a lot. You know, a, a lot of it is, you know, this is kind of a hobby right now for us, but it takes an abundant amount of time. Mm-hmm. And we are not getting paid for any of this. This is 100%. You know, a lot of it's been on our dime, and that's been kind of hard. But the residual effects that we've seen from this have paid us back tenfold. And the anxiety is, you know, being time conscientious, so you have time for your family. I have time to work mm-hmm. and do my you know nine to five job, and then do this because you know there's a lot of people counting on me, you know, to guide and to lead and to teach them how to do it, so I can slowly mm-hmm. withdraw. And then that's anxiety driven too, because are they going to do it the same mm-hmm. way that I wanted it to be? There's all you know? kinds of questions that mm-hmm. pop up, aren't there? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And here, here's something that I've noticed also. You, this was your idea, Blue, but you haven't done this yourself, not, not even all. close. Mm-mm. And this is true of anyone's idea. The, the idea isn't just for you. It's not just for you. Look at yeah. the lives that are changing as a result of this and the opportunities that are opening up. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that all of you listeners today take your ideas seriously. Yeah. And you may have no idea how you're going to pull it off. Don't worry about that. Exactly. There's a sea of humanity out there that's looking for opportunities. And some of their ideas will be triggered by your ideas. And mm-hmm. it's just this great creative process. It's just fun to see that happen. Yeah. And I think with Blue, too, he sees that void. And there's something there. Okay, well, now create something to fill it. You know, mm-hmm. And it goes along perfectly with Erase and Replace as well. Replace right. something, fill that void. Well, you can see it in, in the athlete's eyes, too, when, they, when they've accomplished something that they didn't think they could do. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and one of the biggest things and the biggest challenges that they have is that I can't. I can't run a mile. I can't run around the block. You know, I'm not fast. I'm not this. I've and, smoked for 25 years. I can't yeah. breathe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, look at this body. This isn't an athletic body. And the thing is, as I said, well, if there were a million dollars waiting at the end of a marathon, 26.2 miles, would you, would you run to it? Would you get it? Well, absolutely. You know, <laughs> it might take you a little longer. Yeah. There's might, no you know, time limit. I mean, some of the winners of a marathon do it in just over two hours. You know, one of mine I struggled through in, in about five but I made it. Anyone can yeah. do it. It just might take you a little longer. Isn't this funny how the mind just plays with us sometimes? Absolutely. I was talking to, to one of my clients about running. Mm-hmm. And, and incidentally, this is a great way to, to do mood management, too. Mm-hmm. This is one reason it works for addiction. You're absolutely right. In fact, right. we ought to talk more about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this client was working on some depression, and she also had some weight issues that she was working on. 
because of some other addictions in her life. Well, I challenged her to run a mile. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh no yeah. Way. Oh, I could <laughs> never do that, she said. Yeah. And, I, and why not? Oh, I'm just out of shape. And I, you know, she had yeah. 12 oh, different reasons. Yeah. And I said, How long do you think it would take you to run a mile? Now, this is the interesting thing that happens in the human mind. Yep. Because she had just finished telling me that the best she had ever done was maybe walked a mile, and that took her probably, you know, 20 minutes or something. How long do you think it's going to take you to run a mile? She said, probably at least two hours. (laughs) (laughs) Really? So you can walk it in In 20 20 minutes. minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's going to take you two hours to run this thing. And she realized, ah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. That yeah. doesn't make sense. Absolutely. Our mind puts limitations in. Yeah. You know, when we see an idea, that fear jumps and gives us excuses and limitations mm-hmm. that sometimes stop us and halt us from creating and doing something. Right. But that's the beauty in, in what we're doing with some of these individualized sports. I mean, we, the athletes have participated in community sports, and that's, that's a whole other story. We can talk about that. <laughs> Um, but typically these 5Ks and these you know, 10Ks that they're doing, they're only competing against themselves. And mm-hmm. so really, if they want to go slow, well, then they're going to go slow. If they want to go fast, they can beat their own time. But it's not about beating anyone else. You know? It's about them beating themselves or them you know, improving. Mm-hmm. And, and that is, is yeah. big, obvious, kind of like in-the-moment stuff that they can see, touch, taste, and feel. You know, when they cross that finish line a minute faster than they did their last run, they see improvement. But then what we do with Addict to Athlete is we talk about, well, you saw instant improvement there. How about when you went and you approached your mom or your dad about you know, some of the stuff you need to talk about? You know, did you see instant improvement there when you mm. approached them? Mm. You know? And so we, we correlate it back into what drives their addiction. It's, 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 amazing. Yeah. it's an amazing how sport and recreation links up to, to recovery. Building that self-esteem, that, you know, successes, building on these little small successes, all of a sudden they start looking at other parts of their life. Well, if I, you know, can run a mile, I could go and do this. What else can I do? Yeah, I -hmm. can face this fear. I can face and talk to this person about an issue that I've put on the back burner and, Mm -hmm. you know, not wanting to bring out. And self-esteem, I'm glad you mentioned that, Marissa, because this is the story that we tell ourselves. Yeah. About ourselves. Mm-hmm. And if that story is all about pain and addiction and mm-hmm. I'm trying to avoid my life and nobody likes me, everybody hates me, I'm going to go eat worms. worms. Yeah. Uh, what kind of things are going to be showing up in your life yeah. that way? But what if the story you tell yourself is, I am an athlete? Yeah. That's one reason why we don't call them, you know, verify, hi, I'm so-and-so, I'm an I'm addict. I'm an addict. When you do that, you yeah. open the door to me to using again. So when you do, you know, fall again, you say, well, it's because I'm an addict, you know, it's part of, it's who I am. that you're doing that. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's one little piece of the traditional AA approach that I've always just, it rubbed me a little the wrong way. How we name ourselves makes all the difference in how we treat ourselves. Absolutely. I remember one of your, one of your parent, parental power ones about Uh that naming your children, you know? Yeah. And you name them and they create into... That name, whether it's, oh, that's the bad one. That's, that's my troublemaker. Yeah, that's, that's my troublemaker. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you have a huge troublemaker. And they fall into it, too, as young children, even if you're not telling mm-hmm. it to them. They mm-hmm. create mm-hmm. that name. And what do you call yourself? That's what you're going to create. Right. And we're athletes. 
Boy, that has implications in relationships. That that means everything about what it is you're telling yourself. Yeah. About mm-hmm. who you are. Well, it's interesting because of the, of the, the small population that we have, you know, and how you know everyone's pretty much linked. That's been one of our biggest challenges is, you know, the traditional programs scratching their heads and kind of, you know, wondering where we're coming from. And, you know, I've gotten some feedback from some of the 12-step organizers that says, mm-hmm. what are you guys gaming at here? You know, you're doing things completely, you know, different. backwards this and different. different. This is different. This is, yeah. we had one. scary for them. We actually had one mm-hmm. traditional guy come in and, and talk about, uh, you know, how the 12-steps are, are, are about the only way you could recover. And then kind of dinged one of our athletes for, for you know, not really, I guess, producing in, in that field anymore. Choosing another way. Choosing to- another way. And I said that, you know, I pulled him aside and said, remember that, you know, addict athletes are in addition to, not a replacement for. And if you don't know what we're about, why don't you come check with us, you know? But the biggest thing was is that they don't identify themselves as addicts. It's a part of them. Mm-hmm. And on the same note, on the same note, you know, when they start realizing that, that they're not, that it's a part, it opens up their eyes so oh. wide to what's possible. You can see their... If their, I'm not that, smile. what am I? Yeah, you can see like, wow, I'm something more they than get to just create who they are. the addict of who I've been labeled as uh, for years and years and years. And I mean, you can physically see it on on their face. Yep, you can see you can see it in the way that they they hold themselves. And in fact, we talk about these shirts. They hold these things as almost uniforms. You know, almost like mm-hmm. like an an officer or a military uniform. And we've had athletes that have relapsed that have literally taken their shirts off, folded them up and said, Hey, can you hang on to this for a few weeks until I get things straight? Oh, they, wow. they respect it that much. I think, man, that's, that's pretty powerful stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the philosophy that we teach is that, you know, respect who you are and you're, you're, you're a lot stronger and you're a lot more powerful than you think you are. You know, as we've addressed this wonderful program that has emerged almost from nothing, and talked about how it got started. There's a lot of passion that I'm hearing and a, and a huge commitment to this. And I mm-hmm. think as you believe in your dreams mm-hmm. and you know that this is meaningful, it makes a huge difference. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's give people a way to get connected to you real quick. Addict to athlete, and that's a Roman numeral two or two eyes. Is oh, that right? On our website, it's all the words. It's Addict, all the words. Addict, T-O-Athlete.org. Dot org. O-R-G. Go yep. to the website. There's some neat things there. We'll put up a, um, yeah, we a have link fa- also. Facebook and Twitter mm-hmm. also. Facebook groups. Please, people, share this with people in your life who you know would benefit from this. Like Blue said earlier, everyone is being touched by this. Everyone has yeah. one. At some level. Absolutely. Blue and Marissa Robinson, thank you so much for joining us here at Live on Purpose Radio today. Thank Thank you. you. Everybody go out there and live on purpose.